0: Everyone, welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix Podcast with your host Bernhard Gunther and myself, Laura Matsu. And so, the topic for today's podcast is going to be common traps on the path of awakening and how to avoid them. So, before we get into that, I'm just going to read um, a recent piece of my writing, which is essentially my 2022 <laughs> horoscope for. For uh, this planet as well. So, what I wrote goes Welcome to Planet Earth 2022 version. You are in the ultimate insane asylum. You are in peak samsara, and your primary task is to stay grounded and connected to God in spite of all the madness happening. And if you want to play this game on beast mode, your task is to learn how to use the madness to anchor even deeper states of ecstatic union with God, using the chaos of the outer world as necessary material for you to realize everything you are not. Many will not survive this trial by fire, but those who know how to dance in the flames will die and be reborn again and again and again until all that's left of them is their essential nature and no other baggage." This is the accelerated process of waking up and coming home to our true nature and the path that we are all on now, whether we are willing to accept it or not. Warriors will accept the challenge and victims will look for someone to blame for their difficulties with this task. Which path will you choose? And basically what I'm talking about is that Personally, I think Sri Aurobindo said it, Um, I've also heard it from other enlightened masters and mystics that what we're dealing with right now is the spiritualization of humanity. And it may not look like that, actually, because I think what's going on is that most people cannot, I guess, handle the increasing energies that are coming onto this planet, and it's actually making them go a little bit insane, so that's kind of what I'm pointing at. And the the main lesson, and I've said this again and again in many different times and tweets and writing, and I'm sure on different podcasts, is like, can you work with the intense energies and use them as a fuel that you need to use for your own personal, spiritual, psychological, emotional transmutation? Because that's what it is, is that when life is really easy, it often doesn't give us or perceived to be easy, it often doesn't give us that material we need actually for psychological and spiritual growth. And often it's only when we're really challenged and we're really pushed in some way, whether it's through a, a crisis of some sort or a relationship breakup or a death is usually when we answer the call to commit to the path of inner work, spiritual growth, whatever it is that your flavor is. So that's kind of what I'm speaking to, and and really that's the approach, is that, you know, um, I think true spiritual masters actually welcome challenges, welcome difficulties, welcome crises, because they know that they're the best material for spiritual growth.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well said. Um, so what we want to dive into is, uh, as the title is of this episode, the Common Traps on the Path of awakening, especially what we see right now in the times and right now. On a side note, I also want to point out that I've wr- written in depth about the traps on the path towards awakening in my essay, The Perilous Path Towards Awakening, which you can find on my website, veilofreality.com, even downloaded as an ebook. And I also gave a lecture on this uh, topic as well, The Traps on the Path Towards Awakening, which you can find in the video section of my website. And I also posted below in the info section. But here we want to dive uh, even more deeper and expand on all of that in the times when run in what we are seeing happening right now, so to speak. And before we really go into the specific traps uh, of awakening and also how to avoid them, right, the antidote, so to speak, again, I want to like emphasize the word awakening. We have talked about this before, but it has become very like everybody has their own understanding or a little bit abused, I want to say, the word awakening. Because what we are talking about is, <coughs> excuse me, awakening in in the sense of spiritualization of humanity, individualization, individuation, as Laura just talked about, and many esoteric traditions have hinted at this time of transition, um, of of this the spiritual process. But it's not what most people think it is. So when we talk about awakening in this context, we're not talking about just becoming aware of the 3D matrix agenda, the medical journey, and yes, a lot of it needs to be obviously brought to light, and people. "Quote unquote," are uh, waken up to that more and more, but that is again, as I have said before, there cannot be even talk be called a real awakening in light of the spiritual individuation process or esoteric work. So, you know, a true awakening also, you know, ultimately goes even beyond enlightenment and all this spiritualizing matter, spiritualizing the physical body, spiritualizing your being, bringing the soul to the front in, in alignment as a conscious transducer for the divine. Um so awakening in that sense what we've been a lot of people misunderstand and that's also ties into pop spirituality in the new age or many dogmatic religions is the idea that this awakening is just this linear road up towards more high bliss and love and light but the true awakening process is is more what relates to also we've talked about one of the universal law Ascent and descent at the same time. It's a widening on all levels. It brings everything up out of the shadows, what we have not looked at, have suppressed within ourselves. And the darkness in the world needs to come out, needs to be spiritualized, needs to be transmuted, so to speak. So that's the awakening process. And for many reasons, also Laura just alluded to it, that is not an easy process at times, right? No. Hence, we like to avoid it. And especially in this day and age right now, what's happening, like, yeah, we see quote unquote evil forces taken over humanity, the attempted enslavement of humanity. But there's a bigger uh, process happening at the same time. Like Laura said, there's a descent of the divine consciousness, the supermental consciousness, as Sri Aurobindo talked about, and it brings everything up that is not alignment with truth, and that can literally also drive a lot of people mad.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, both Adyashanti and this other writer, uh, spiritual writer named Anthony DeMello, actually pointed at that people actually do not want to wake up. Yeah. They say they want to, but they don't want to. And so this is actually perfect time to read his quote about that. Um, he basically, he says, I think it's his book Awareness, and he says, spirituality means waking up. Most people, even though they don't know it, are asleep. They're born asleep, they live asleep, they marry in their sleep, they breed children in their sleep, and they die in their sleep without ever waking up. They never understand the loveliness and the beauty of this thing that we call human existence. You know, all mystics, Christian, Catholic, non-Christian, no matter what their theology, no matter what their religion, are unanimous on one thing— That all is well, all is well. Though everything a mess is a mess, all is well. Strang's paradox to be sure, but tragically most people get to see that all is well. Most people never get to see that all is well because they are asleep. They're having a nightmare. Most people tell you they want to get out of kindergarten, but don't believe them. Don't believe them. All they want you to do is mend their broken toys. Give me back my wife. Yes. Give me back my job. Give me back my money. Give me back my reputation, my success. This is what they want. They want their toys replaced. That's all. Even the best psychologist will tell you that, that people don't really want to be cured. What they want want is relief because a cure is painful and that's what it is you know like that's why I I I personally think that waking up is a deepening more than it's a spiral up you know you deepen into your own soul you deepen into your own existence and that gives you a wider breadth of awareness but we see this all the time when we do our courses you know is that a lot of people like the idea of what it sounds like and whatever it is in their head, they think is going to be the benefit of engaging in this deeper inner work that we're offering in this program that we're offering. But they don't actually, they don't really want it. They just want a more beautiful lie. They just want, you know, it's like they just want a more happy dream like Adyashanti says. And I would say that would be, maybe I'm a little bit cynical, but I would say that would be the large majority of the people who call themselves awake, who are engaged in any sort of spiritual practice that's not consistent, is that they don't want it. They actually just want, as this guy said, they want their toys back. They want, yes. you, they want you to mend their broken relationship, which they probably shouldn't have gotten into in the first place. You know, And that's the tragedy, is that... Imagine that you start engaging in some sort of deep inner work and spirit psycho-spiritual work um, in, in the case like our, our, our program, you know, or just any sort of deeper spiritual, psychological, emotional process. And then you realize that all the decisions that you made up into your life as of now were based on wounding lies were based on you being asleep. Like how much would yeah. have to change in your life in order for you to really anchor this new level of awareness and authenticity in your life a lot would have to change so i think that's also the pluto lesson is like being comfortable with transformation with growth with change with letting go and easier said than done for a lot of people
1: yeah on a side note the the program you're um Referring to is our 12 week in depth private coaching program, Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening. The next round in January 3rd is already full. So enrollment is closed, applications are closed. It filled up in record time again. So it's limited to 40 people. We have the next one sometime early. Um, like sometime spring. spring or yeah. S- yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. stay tuned, sign up to my mailing list, and, and, and you know. Yeah. And yeah. There's another round coming up for sure
0: so basically that's that's the main key point is that you know when we see this because we are in the field of like giving people tools practices to do inner work on a psycho-spiritual level and there's a lot of people who join it super gung-ho and then all of the coping mechanisms all the spiritual bypassing all of the excuses come up to the The forefront
1: the victim yes
0: yes because the primary thing is when you engage in deep soul work your number one enemy, and as cheesy as it sounds, is actually your ego, the person that you know yourself to be, you need to be willing to surrender that to the process of change and be willing to die and, and be reborn again, you know? Like I was even just thinking the other day, because because of us speaking out against the COVID narrative, we've been attacked publicly more than ever, literally every single time. I open up my phone, I have like a new hater comment or email, like that's our life now, right? But I realized because I was able to use all of the names and all the sh- crappy things that I comments that I got to kind of do shadow work, do inner work, notice what where these wounds tagged into is that I've actually become so much stronger. And I just don't give a F about what people say anymore. And I'm more, you know, grounded in my own values and in my own sense of self that I was able to use it to like upgrade to kind of a new level of individuation because and and honestly if it weren't for the tension of this uh, of the past couple years i maybe wouldn't have gone through that experience
1: hence i say it again like this time after this what we're happening happening right now you can easily fall into the fear trap the victim blame trap and you know and uh just get lost in it and don't see the opportunity silver lining because there's a big opportunity for greater awakening and the friction is necessary. And there's a paradox happening, definitely, for sure, right? A lot of people go along with the agenda, but as I said, it triggers an awakening. People start to ask questions, and not, not only about what's really happening in the world, the external, but also who am I, what I really want. It forces actually people to f- focus on what truly matters. Yeah. But as you pointed out, and there was an excellent quote by, who was it, Anthony? Anthony DeMello. DeMello, yeah. It reminds me a little bit also about Gurdjieff talked about right, and and it's very, it's it, it sounds very simple, but it's also very important to understand. Gurdjieff also said before you can attempt to wake up, you need to know that you are asleep and really admit it to yourself. Mm-hmm. You you know just knowing whatever's happening in the world on a three D matrix conspiracy corruption level, that's
0: yeah, not that's awake not right? awake. You yeah. have
1: what what Gurdjieff and and Anthony and many other teachers uh, as a teacher teachers, talk about when you're saying you're asleep is what you allude Laura just alluded to as well. Observe yourself, your own mechanicalness, your own conditioning, programming, where your desires come from, all of that, how you actually very mechanical, t- the story you tell yeah. you, how you engage in blame and, 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 and blame other for others for your situation, your own uh, insecurities, your own p- uh, projections, your own shadow. Your own, a lot of unconscious mechanisms where you actually, in in that sense, don't have any free will. And then again, as I mentioned before, you come face to face with what Gurdjieff Kork talked about the horror of the situation and facing your own inner, uh, you know, the personality space that you identify with and mistake for the true self, the mechanicalness of your nature. So once you can truly admit this to yourself I am actually asleep, I don't know who I am. I want to awaken. That's the call. And that leads you to the way to cross the threshold. But I also want to add, it's very important. I've seen this time and again, as Lord has mentioned, many people don't sincerely want to awaken. They want to still stick to their old self, their old identity, their old attachments, yeah. desires, wants, needs, right? They want to awaken in their own terms, as Shanti talked about. But awakening goes not in your own terms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there needs to be a complete surrender and letting go. And that's easier said than done on one side all the traumas wounding but the other thing the ego the ego wants what it wants it doesn't want to let it go like you just mentioned right yeah and another very important thing what he actually said um as well even at the end of his quote, even the best psychologists will tell you that people don't really want to be cured they what what they want is a relief a cure is painful Exactly. And that that's what we see a lot as well, that Adyashanti again, or Girdev talked about, Shri, even Shirabindo as well, many others, how people, how many of us, we're addicted to suffering on an unconscious level, oh, addicted yeah. to our story, who our victim stands, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many of us, we uh, people don't want to let go. They, they say they want to be healed, but they're still holding on to the story. They and need I, somebody to blame. They're, yeah. they're identified with that archetype.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's actually start getting into the traps, and you just named one of the most important things, and this is attachment to victimhood, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to preface this, it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen, doesn't mean tragic things don't happen, or whatever, it doesn't mean you're just, you know, it doesn't mean that crappy things won't happen to your life, they will, that's literally just life, and to the extent that you maybe have uh, trauma signatures in your astrology chart, you'll have more of those challenges come but the main thing is, is the attachment to victimhood is so, it, like, you cannot actually get anywhere as long as you're attached to victimhood, because it's a state of disempowerment. The moment that you actually start to take responsibility for your life, for your perceptions, for your relationships, is a moment that you can start to shift it. But as long as you think that you're a victim of circumstances, you are going to be operating in a state of disempowerment. And it's actually to me the attachment to victimhood is actually a way that evil works within us because it keeps us mm-hmm. trapped in our ignorance it keeps us trapped in our wounds it keeps us identified with our old stories you know it's like if you've ever been around someone who's a chronic victim, you know, who's always poor me, poor me, they literally feel like this kind of energetic black hole and they're yes. like grasping at right you to draining. come. Yeah, they're grasping at you to come down, come down to their level, basically. And that's why the victim is very seductive for a lot of people and a lot of people who may be genuinely want to help can get sucked into victims, but you're not helping them, you know? If you're trying to... it's, It's a Jordan Peterson quote, by the way. If you're trying to help someone and it doesn't work, stop helping, is what Jordan Peterson says. And that's really important because... A lot of us may offer help to people who are not asking for it and who are not benefiting from it. And in fact, actually, you're doing them a huge disservice karmically by doing that. And I just want to actually, this is a quote from um, Gene Keys, actually, where he says, you use one of six patterns to stay a victim. You either hide, deny, escape, reject, delude, or you disconnect. So you hide from your problems, you deny, stuff you escape various addictions you reject it oh that's not me i've never i'm not like that you know you delude yourself you fall into delusions which can be even these new age delusions like oh i'm an octarian i'm in 5d or you disconnect which is also related so you know it, it, and, and and even just making other people responsible for how you feel is that attachment to victimhood
1: yeah you know what what you just shared <clears throat> the victimhood also comes through in more subtle ways and what you shared reminds me also of what, uh, what I learned from Age Almas when I was studying his work, The Diamond Approach, which is very much influenced by Gurdjieff and the fourth way and, the, and Sufism and all of that, and that the teacher is not there to answer all questions. Right, he made this very clear. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ask us questions on, uh, on email or like Facebook or social media, right? And like from our well, for my well-meaning nature in the past, I would just reply and all this, spend a lot of time and energy. Yeah. But the questions would come back and back, and it would not be absorbed. I would realize the meaning of I was throwing pearls in front of swine. Yes. Right. right? Because I yes. understand there's a significance. You, you only give in its asked when it's being asked for, you know. Yeah. But not it. Ha- the asking has to be sincere. Yes. a lot of asking is not sincere No, so I'm you know like I see this a lot and then they they have the subtle victim energy they want to be truth or the solution be presented on a silver platter without as Gurdjieff said without paying with themselves without their own effort without their sincerity exactly right?
0: yeah. and they
1: don't want somebody else to to lay it all out in a 10 point uh, article or something yeah. you know or sometimes I get emails you know people ask me like you know I mean well I don't have money to, to join your membership for 11 bucks whatever but you know so where, where do I to uh, start shadow work you know uh, wh- wh- what what should i do and, and what should i read and all these things and i'm thinking to myself well w- when i started out and i was really like sincere and get shadow work the first thing i did like i was actually uh you know going to a bookstore finding a book about shadow work nowadays you can literally type into google how do i do shadow work carl Jung. you know you can like that's you you can just do it yourself like but you there's a certain entitlement within the victim mentality as well. Yes. yes, you, know? yes. Or even our work, you know, I can see even then sometimes people don't even sincerely look my website. There's so many articles. We have already over 70 uh, um episodes where we literally one uh, episode is called shadow work or how to do inner work and all it's all there, but you <laughs> have to make the effort to go through it and yeah. listen to it and read.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For example, you know, like when, when we quote people, we're giving you trailheads to yeah. amazing teachers who if you it, like, even this Anthony DeMello book, which I just started reading, which has been out for a while, you just read that book and actually just go through it and allow it to really impact you emotionally. It could change your life, you know, and we live in this amazing age where it's, it's, it's incredible what we have access to at the touch of our fingertips. It's truly astounding. And I get that there's a lot of bad information on the internet out there, you know, and we have to sift through and we have to be re- good research you know but also just i've noticed as well that better quality information still lies in books so if you want to find free stuff on google or whatever you can find little quotes here and there i don't think you're going to find this anthony DeMello quote on the internet actually mm-hmm. the most popular quotes in that book are actually not you that, typed it out right not, yeah. i typed that out from his book yeah. yeah exactly so like we have to and i think this is maybe the main issue with this kind of gemini information information age. You know, like, people just want a tweet that teaches them how to do shadow work. They want a (laughs) five-step plan. They want, like... Point, 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 point. Yeah. And I get these points can be good for, for sure. But then I realize that there's such a subtlety to this work that you can't give people a 10 step plan. You can give people certain practices and self inquiry work. But also that needs to be held in the right container, which is why we do shadow work within the group context, because we're holding you in that space. And we're also holding you accountable to a certain extent, you know. So, you know, and, and that actually leads to another thing that I want to talk about. So. The main thing so what what is the antidote to being a victim well taking self responsibility for everything that you are all aspects of your life everything the person you're being the person you're showing up as and the impact that it has on the world take all responsibility for that. Take responsibility for the traumas that you've experienced. Take responsibility for, um, you know, your attachment, path. everything. You need to take responsibility for everything. That yeah. is truly the spiritual path is taking full res- self-responsibility. So it's never making excuses. So when you do something, and this doesn't mean that you go around as well, by the way, I'm not a big fan of this, like, oh, we're going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable. <laughs> no, actually only God holds us accountable. Yes. And that's who you need to connect with so that you stay accountable accountable. accountable is in the eyes of god you know is he's holding you accountable and you actually don't even know what he's accounting or not it's everything but you don't know what's good or what's bad so that's also this connection to conscience is necessary but that's the main thing so for the antidote for being a victim is taking full self-responsibility
1: yeah and i want to add to that also observe yourself you know before you know how easily you can fall into victimhood right and uh Fall into blame, self pity, blame others constantly for their you feel for your situation in subtle and not unsubtle ways. Yeah, blame and, is and and uh, how also through victimhood, there's uh, entitlement comes out of it that all of a sudden the world owes you now, right? Yeah. And all of that. Yes, there's that the, the 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 other the ego can also that rears ugly head out of that stance, the self importance as well is, is very much tied with self pity. And, uh, always finding excuses, right? Always somebody needs to blame it can also manifest in gossip or should talking about others, right? Where it's like, you also try to make yourself feel better, but, but by digging holes underneath under people, right? Yeah. And also like the, the victim, uh, frequencies coming through that as well. Um, so, you know, observe yourself. That's also number one. <laughs> Prerequisite for for sincere self would be ability to observe yourself objectively to see what's really going on, not flinching. How you justify even your victim stance and all of that, and also, I also want to say what in with regards to what what Laura shedding gets Yes, self responsibility is key, but you know, not following a victim consciousness but taking self responsibility doesn't mean that you then turn this to an extreme and blame yourself. Yeah, which is right? another part of, aspect whole, of
0: victimhood. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think the key thing too, you know, if you've listened to our podcast, you know that I'm a big believer in evolutionary astrology. I also believe in past lifetimes. And I also believe that you chose your parents, however effed up your childhood is so that you could learn specific soul lessons. It does not mean that you have to put up with abuse or not make boundaries or not even walk away from certain family members who are doing you harm. It means that you actually ask, what is my lesson here? Why Why would my soul decide decide to incarnate into this specific experience, you know? And I think at the end of the day it's like asking yourself the question if if you if you're stuck in victimhood like you're usually making the 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 lives of the people around you actually worse not better like people will respond to that in a way that they'll be you know they, they, they people aren't into it so you want to just learn how to become a better person make the earth better through you taking self responsibility. So let's kind of I, I want to get on. on yeah, yeah I want to get on to the next thing so so let's talk about Another common thing that I see actually happening a lot, especially in this kind of like um, health movement, holistic health movement, is the obsession with just physical health. Mm. So, you know, and I think it is important to nail down diet, exercise, pretty much everything we've been taught about health by the FDA is like total bullshit basically excuse my language but you know it's not the end it's like like to me this is a type of materialism actually when you're purely identified with the physical body when it's actually the spiritual and emotional that impacts the physical body from the you know before it shows up in physical form so maybe you can speak a little bit about that
1: yeah so you know we see i mean on the basis of yes we need to take care of our physical health our physical vehicle absolutely like you just said you know and that's to each their own right nutrition uh exercise uh all of that you know because food is thy medicine absolutely right cook at home don't eat out that often like find the right diet for yourself study a nutrition all of that go beyond beliefs you know what i mean or any dogmatic approach to um um to diet but these it as fuel right yeah To, to optimize your your body so to speak um
0: but don't so get, don't get obsessive about exactly it. Exactly. That's
1: what I'm trying to get. So that's fine. This, for me, it's, that's a, that's a foundation, but it can easily, the trap within is also the trap of materialism ties into that as well, becoming obsessed with your physical health and under obsession of physical health is actually an unconscious fear of death.
0: Yes. Right.
1: That's not, uh, and, and having no spiritual connection, no spiritual idea, because in the end, the vehicle is the, is, is the body's your vehicle for your soul, but it is not you. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the,
1: in the past, in, in, in the, distorted dogmatic religions from all over the world it has been abused to the other extreme to demonize the body that it's like the flesh is sin and all of this nonsense right and even self-mutilation this is the other extreme right Yeah. but what we see here is is almost worship not only physical health but then what we also see you know uh, appearance which we see with the um, rise exponential rise almost epidemic of uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call them Um, surgeries Cos- cosmetic, cosmetic surgeries yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that, especially yeah. nowadays, I see this is an extreme, especially young. Women, we are, we talked about this a little bit before. That's a whole elephant in the living room. The epidemic of Botox and lip, uh, lip insuctions and injections and all of that, even 20 years, 30 years. And it's being so normalized,
0: mm-hmm. right? Where's mm-hmm. it coming
1: from? What, what is the underlying drive? Right. So, so what I'm just trying to get at, there's definitely what we see nowadays. It ties also into transhumanism and in this extreme materialism, materialistic world we live in, the obsession with physical health, the obsession with physical beauty, appearance and all of that. Mm -hmm. Right, and that can be is is going to be detrimental in the long run because ultimately you're just uh, you know also denying your mortality. You're also not you're completely missing the the spiritual um, approach to life and really to to connecting something deeper. And it keeps you just on the superficial level, right? And going back to what we see this a lot in this so-called health movement as well and again we need the physical health but what is missing is also the emotional component the psychological component the spiritual component exactly all of that which yeah. contributes actually more to your health than just physicality mm. i said that many times ago I have, i've seen this with many people people i've worked with in myself you can have the best diet in the world all the vitamins and all of this if you have still dealing with unconscious trauma and you're shed on all of this and suppress it and suppress it and don't work on it it will also manifest in disease right yes. uh, uh, many people People pleaser can resi- uh, result in cancer, and all of that. Uh, you know, living a double life, uh, thinking, feeling uh, internally in one way, showing yourself extra in another way, is is creates friction within yourself. It's a betrayal to your soul and heart. Can also uh, um, literally manifest in disease because you're not uh, you're not really living an integral, holistic life, yeah. regardless of what diet you're on.
0: And can I? I, I want to speak to that because I think that. Figuring out your physical health and maintaining that is like a crucial pillar of, of, of of holistic health in general, but you're actually meant to go beyond that. Even Maslow outlines in his hierarchy of needs, it's actually meant to lead you to self-actualization. And what I, and and the reason it's a common trap is because I notice people get obsessive about it and then they, that, and then they get basically uh, ocd about it they're like oh i gotta watch out for this and this and this and you know like you should definitely be aware of what constitutes a healthy mind body kind of routine for yourself you know but if you're obsessive about it it's controlling you actually and it's like that's also you're right it's coming from fear of death so the antidote to that is like okay figure out the physical health find a right diet exercise that works for you get outside get off your phone get off your screen get in nature you know, but once you figure that out, that's only the basics. Like you're not a primal, uh, you're not a primitive person anymore. We're meant to actually evolve further and further past that. So work on your emotional and psychological health. I can't tell you how many times I notice people in this kind of like health movement who actually kind of talk about projection and and, and the shadow a little bit, but then I watch them project left and right it's like you know like it's like you're and and this is why i'm bringing it back to this kind of spiritualization of humanity is because personally i think that over focusing on health right now and just physical health yeah i think it's important there needs to be a lot of education around that But it's also missing the point of this time of transition, Yeah, you can get stuck
1: in that. And it's interesting because that's a big theme with with, what we see with with COVID and everything. There's a whole, like, I think maybe you can talk about this Virgo archetype of being just obsessive around health, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and it's my personal belief, actually, um, that if your spiritual health is uh, at a high enough level... That also, that will almost act like as a transmuter of energy of your physical health. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like the spiritual health is actually the, probably the most important component. doesn't mean that you're going to become a breatharian or go extreme or whatever, but I just know for myself is that my spiritual health is actually probably the main pillar that helps me in life. Meeting my meditation practice, my spiritual practice, my own studies in in spirituality, and the physical health is just like the basics, you know, like exactly. So, but it's, if my spiritual it's health just is a
1: starting point, yeah, right? if my
0: spiritual, emotional, psychological health is is not doing well, I feel that in my body, you know, and it doesn't actually work the opposite way though. So if I eat like some greasy fried food or whatever, but I'm feeling really hearts like my heart is open, I feel very present. Won't change it. So that to me, it shows you the priority. So which one do you think we should get in next? Okay, so let me just clarify that. So the antidote to focusing on your physical health is like focusing your emotional, psychological and spiritual health and realizing that those actually feed into your physical health. So falling into these traps of paranoia of being like overly focused on physical health is actually just getting you stuck on the ground kind of basement level of holistic health. So that's
1: yeah. the antidote. Yeah, I also want to add, I think uh, maybe we, we talked about this in the last podcast as well, but I want to really dive into it deeper that what we see happening right now this everything is intensifying. We see literally a lot of people losing their minds right uh, right now um, cu- currently and it's going to increase over the next year. They're starting to check out, disassociate and engage in a whole next level of spiritual bypassing, right? We've talked about spiritual bypassing a lot. That's also a trap on the t- path towards awakening, but now it has taken on new levels. And what we've seen, two things. People even just who recently quote, they um, claim they've, you know, woken up over the past year or two years because of COVID, and now all of a sudden they realize, oh, I've ascended to 5D and I'm in a different timeline and I'm in contact with aliens and they tell me all is fine and good. And this extreme no, new age revival, right? of Of that kind of, um, spiritual bypassing, or the other extreme, there's this extreme, distorted, dogmatic approach to Christianity, right? Um, it's a lot of like, out of the New Age, people all of a sudden go to the other extreme, and are all of a sudden reborn Christians accept Jesus as their Savior, and all of a sudden, anything what they see New Age, even yoga is demonized as the devil or astrology. An extremely dogmatic and, and very gross distortion of the true Christian teachings, by the way, which I reference a lot, I talk a lot about it, especially esoteric Christianity, or the true deeper esoteric Christ, Christian teachings before the church corrupted it, turned into dogma, or, you know, externalized it, all of that. And the whole same old savior programming, right? Either Jesus saves you or the alien saves you. This externalizing savior program is also a matrix program. You have to understand a lot of all of, all of the major religions are also matrix programs, um, distorted, influenced by other forces over ages, right? That kind of give you almost the illusion of an awakening. So that's maybe we can start with that. Talk that about a little bit. How, you know, people are using now these. So I'm going to both be the new age of Christianity as an extreme spiritual bypass.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna actually going to read something I wrote about this, um, which definitely some of these kind of born-again Christians got very upset by. But I had to say it, you know, for for me, I've noticed this for a while And it also links into the quote that we're going to close with later as well. So what I wrote is, I'm noticing a massive trend where there's a whole born-again Christian movement happening and suddenly all these people who were formerly New Agers are now claiming to be devout Christians and they're calling yoga poses and astrology the devil and basically reverting back to this old-school dogmatic version of religion. Personally, I don't feel for the majority of these people. It's a true spiritualization of Christ, but instead it's a type of disassociative trauma response fueled by projections that wish for a savior to come in and magically fix everything. Because when life gets tough, the most common coping mechanism is to exit reality. Don't get me wrong, I love Jesus, and I consider a life of service central principles to live by, but this whole new movement, which I'm calling old age Christianity, seems to have nothing to do with the true Christian spirit of love, humility, and service, but instead is dragging people back to the dark ages, where my God makes me better than you, and now I am the chosen one, along with all the superstition and witch hunts that go along with it. Um, so basically that's the key tenant is this idea that like your belief in a certain religion makes you better than every, everyone else and everything else is a devil. And I can't exactly. tell you how many, I mean, like, did we, like, we don't learn from history in so many ways, do we? Like,
1: <laughs> oh, that's the irony. like back in the, in the medieval dark ages, uh, witches were burned because they were probably practicing astrology or yoga or tarot and all of that. Yeah, And now yeah. the people doing this in their own way
0: or, even for reasons that, you know, they could have been really grounded in a sense of love and service, but they were not following. Maybe they, maybe, you know, they did, they weren't married and they were an older woman. Like there's so many ways that you can use this dogmatic religious view to call anything evil, you know? And so I think it all started with like Doreen Virkshu, who who was um, a famous kind of tarot card slash uh, writer. She was extremely new age. She was extremely new age, basically. And then she started this whole movement where she moved to Jesus, etc. You know, Um, and so that kind of created this wave. And... It's all fine and good. Like I'm not saying don't find your own personal path to truth. Don't find a personal relationship to, cr- to Christ consciousness, basically. But actually, I see more people using it as a spiritual bypass. And how do I know it's a spiritual bypass? Because they're driven by fear. And any true spiritual awakening will actually open you up to a deeper sense of love, in my experience. And that's actually the Christian template. I've probably had Past lifetimes being in kind of organized religions like this. And I understand this true Christian spirit. I've met true Christians and they are the most loving, service oriented, he- he- humble people. And that is the true spirit of Christ. It's not this superiority thing, it's not this thing where suddenly you're the chosen one and you're saved and everyone else is evil. No, 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 no. It's no. not Bible-thumping. It's, 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 it's <laughs> ironic, actually, because I think the superiority complex that comes when you uh, uh, adopt dogmatic religions is actually an expression of evil, personally, because of how much separation it creates with you and the world around you. So yeah, you were gonna-
1: I was going to add this: how, how it's very much interrelated, this whole the, the extreme New Age pill, or this new, this new very distorted Christian dogmatic approach, which I say again has really nothing to do with the true, deeper Christian teachings. Um, from an esoteric perspective and 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 jesus teaching and all of that has been that's a whole topic on its own the bible has been rewritten there are different versions the distortions how you have to have a certain higher level of being intellect to actually able to read the bible yes. and understand it without mm. taking things literal right yes or, or moving it through your own bias and all. that's a whole topic on itself right or how people project human qualities into god and all of that or uh, jesus and all of this like beyond the Understanding Christ consciousness, but that's a topic on itself. But what I want to uh, point at the interesting relationship between this extreme new age uh, um, approach and this distorted dogmatic Jesus approach of like all of a sudden all the uh, everything is the devil, right? Yoga, which literally Mm. means union with the divine, (laughs) by the way. Um, but it's literally like, it's like a drug in the sense, right? Um, you know, like it's like I made the analogy of switching from heroin to crack, right? From the new age to this, to this, this dogmatic Christian way but you know and it's kind of like in the sense it gives them a rush and whatever makes them feel better right but as you said it's a trauma response to unconscious and there's no sense reading into them and you know when you posted this on Facebook, I think on social media and myself as well, it definitely triggered some people. Some people literally got they said that's offensive, they got offended. Even what we're speaking now may go may offend, uh, upset some people, but that already shows, okay, do your shadow work. Yeah. Don't spiritual bypass, own your trigger, don't blame. And also understand what we're truly saying, because when we wrote it, people also completely pulled strawman arguments. Yeah, they yeah. Christianity sp- and all like projecting all kinds of nonsense into what uh, our words which were not there, basically. Yeah, right? they
0: started to spiral yeah. um, a little bit. So I think Go it's ahead. a good time to close with actually this Carolyn Miss quotes, which, which ties into that. I mean, okay. Maybe we can say some comments about it if we have time. Yeah, read it. Okay. Um, so this is Carolyn Miss outlining evil, and it's really speaking to actually what we're speaking about. So she says... That is this moment in time. It is this moment in time where our collective darkness and darkness as a force unto itself has reached the alarm stage and our capacity to generate light, to utilize our light, to rely on the light, to reach for the holy light is at its weakest. We have that potential and we are at that moment in time. When I say that the light is at its weakest, let me be really clear that is my experience in my now fourth decade of my career that the majority of people I meet have more faith in what they do not believe in than what they do believe in. They still proceed in their life with a search for something greater than themselves, but they're not quite sure what it is. They still hesitate to name what it is they're devoted to. That's the nature of evil. And that's the game of spirituality. That's the game. The endless search that goes nowhere. Because in truth, you don't want it to. You actually really never want to find God. You don't want to arrive there. That's not the goal. The goal is to stay on the ride so it looks like you're on the path. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is you tell your dark... So what you do is you tell your darkness... I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. But the truth is your real choice is you want to stay in the dark. And that's the nature of evil. Because the real choice is I want to stay in allegiance with my dark side, my shadow. I do not want to give up the power that it gives me. So when I say we've reached this pivotal moment where we need to confront the way that evil works within us at a subcutaneous level, like a bad homeopathic remedy. This is that moment where every small choice actually matters because it does. And then she goes on later. Uh, in this book, and one of the ways that evil engages in us is that it makes you cling to something that Buddha would say is an illusion, and you would die for that illusion, no matter any amount of proof that is put in front of you, because that illusion gives you access to what is spiritually known as one of the seven deadly sins, pride, perhaps, or your anger. It allows you to maintain a position that you know is not the truth, but it gives you power over other human beings in some way, maybe the power to punish or the power to control. One of these creeds of these religions is separatism. You must be part of us because our God is better than their God, and we only ha- and we have the only God. Now, a realization I came to my work as a medical intuitive, and that what brought me into this deep, deep love of mysticism and mystical truth, which I believe is going to be the new organic spirituality, organic divinity, is that our biology, our biospiritual environment that is our body, runs on the laws of the universe. What is in the one is in the whole. You know the laws of health. Now, put that next to religious teaching that says you have to be better than Other people. The fundamental teachings of these religions are in collision with what your soul knows to be the truth, uh, 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 of what your soul knows to be the truth on how to maintain your psychic emotional well being. The belief that you have to be better than someone, that you are better than someone, that you are superior, is actually so toxic Mm -hmm. that it begins to disintegrate your immune system and is also toxic to belong to a religion that says, that's what God wants you to do. So the time has come as we become a global community that those teachings have to dissolve and the mystical jewels of Judaism, Christianity, Islam, the Sufi traditions, these are all what we will take with us. We have to let the political packaging of these teachings Burn as they should, but the mystical teachings of Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, Judaism, Christianity, all of these, each in their own way, teach the same mystical truths that we are all one and governed by the same one, and what we do to one, we do to everything. I owe you the fullness of my health because what I do to myself, I'm doing to you. I owe you my best, therefore, I owe it to you to face my darkness now more than ever. Because one of the truths that is getting revealed, but to us, is a classical mystical teaching that we are all one. And that the power of darkness can really be offset, not by bombs, bullets, but by the power of the light within us. But in order to do that, and of this I am convinced, we really have to understand the nature of evil. We have to understand its insidious ways. We have to recognize that the whole meaning of lead us into temptation means doesn't mean you're being tempted with sexuality down an alleyway. What it really means is that the subtle world of our inner psyche, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we encourage self pity in ourselves instead of discourage it, the way we play into our wounds instead of our strengths, these are all choices we make, and we could easily play into our strengths. That's why we pray, God, give me the grace to do this. Give me a little backbone here. One good prayer pushes you over. We can do that. But in order to really know your night, your light, you have to recognize darkness now more than ever. It is not enough to think that. This things are going to go away and take care of themselves they're not and if you're alive now we're journeying through this incredible pivotal transformation this era is unlike anything before you're here because you have a purpose to be here you are part of this you are needed your soul is needed and your choices matter and part of that choice is i've got to become conscious of what my dark side does as well as my light and she wrote that in 2000 or she she was a, it was a uh, talk she gave in 2019 All right
1: wow there was, and, there, yeah I could i just say something yes it was very powerful um so much to <laughs> we could talk about this the whole podcast mm-hmm. um but you know I, what stood out to me personally is here the one line the the belief that you have to bet the belief that you have to be better than someone that you are better than someone that your superior is actually so toxic that it begins to integ- disintegrate your immune system that's actually like ties into physical health as well but the key point as she points out Regardless what your path is, what you believe in, what you study, be it religious teaching, spiritual, whatever, dogmatic, dogmatic, the moment you think this is this is better than something else, this is the only way, or it makes you use this practice to make yourself feel better or some uh, than somebody else, right? The matrix has you. And that's how... Uh, the and, evil truly and works, and evil has you. And yeah. evil, that's what I mean by the matrix has you. Yeah, right? and that's unfortunately I see a lot. We see a lot in this this dogmatic uh, spiritually. Accept Jesus as your savior, or you're lost. Basically, you know, or you practice this, you um, you know, you're uh, this is the only way, and this on and so forth. So it takes a high degree of self awareness and humility, because we have talked about this even in our courses and in my article. There's another trap of superiority, it ties into that as well, right? And the humility is really the key aspect.
0: Yeah, so we have a lot more to say about that, but I just want to end it at this first hour. Um, We're going to talk more in a second hour about um, disembodiment and trauma, the trap of superiority, um, trying to escape. I'm also going to talk about, we're also going to talk about, um, you know, ruthless self-honesty, We're going to talk a little bit about dogmatic views, about literally everything in the ninth house Sagittarius trap. We're going to, we have a lot more to say about this, basically. Uh, Also, and another thing I want to get into is passiveness and not engaging the will and just thinking that the spiritual path is just as passive approach where you just let things happen to you.
1: Yeah, the misappropriation of surrender.
0: Yes, yes. So we have a lot more to say about that. If you would like to listen to the second hour, you can subscribe to our membership forum on veilofreality.com. Um, or if you'd like to just support us we have a huge library of podcasts a lot of people have told me they have just been binging on them lately during this all, all this craziness so if you join our membership you're going to also have access to the second hour of all our previous podcasts so um yeah with that being said see you guys on the next episode